Saroja had spent 25 years in corporate world before starting her own venture. And then early on during a corporate tenure in one of the appraisal meetings, her boss made a remark and this was the feedback. He said, Saroja, I think you are aggressive. Saroja was taken aback, uh, you know, because 20 years back, 30 years back, the word aggression with women was not expected to be positive words. They're not expected to be encouraging words. Saroja quickly corrects her boss by saying, did you mean that I'm assertive? But cut to now. If anybody, and, and this is what Saroja, you need to talk to her to understand how the mindset has changed. And if today anybody says, Saroja, you are aggressive, she smiles and says, hey man, thanks a lot. I'm indeed aggressive. And this is what another woman founder told me that people love angry young men. They don't love angry young women. Why is it so? Hello and welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with theindicars.com. My name is Abhishek and the subject of the cover story celebrates women founders of successful outfits from across the country. And joining me on the call is Forbes India's Rajiv Singh, who has written a staggering 10 stories for this issue, including the overview piece. Thanks a lot, Rajiv, for joining in. Thanks, Abhi. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Rajiv. And uh, let's start with uh, something that our listeners may want to know. Why do we still brand founders as women founders when we don't do it for anybody else for that matter? And uh, what are we missing? What was your brief when you put this together? No, we are not calling them women founders at all. And even if, if you read all the stories, all 10 of them, in fact, all 11 of them, they do, they hate this term of women founders. They are founders. The, the very fact that you are stereotyping or putting them in a bracket of women founders takes away so much from what they have achieved. And see, the idea of doing this, coming up with this package was definitely to do stories on them, but also not talk about women founders or women co-founders, we realize that there is a shift which is happening in the startup ecosystem over the last five, six years. And it has gathered pace, I would say. And that shift is very clear. You know, 10 years back, if you go seven years back, you would find women co-founders who happen who also happen to be either chief operating officer, COO, or, or CMO, or CFO, or CTO. You keep on adding all those designations. But it was rarest of rare to find a woman co-founder who also happened to be CEO. And then what we realized, the real power lies in the hands of CEO. It's like first among the equals. It's not to take away from the other guys who are in the founding team. But as I said, first among the equals has to be the CEO. And, and that translation is very clear. If you look at most of the startups now, where you have women as co-founders, they also happen to be CEOs. And the message was very clear. If, if I am a great player, then why can't I become the captain of the team? While we say that uh, uh, it is not to brand them as women founders, but you clearly found many instances when you spoke to all of them uh, where they talked about how the kind of questions that would come their way from the venture capitalists or angel investors that would normally not be thrown around at men. Isn't that right? Definitely. So let's first realize that there will never be 0% biases. There will never be 0% prejudices and all those kind of thing, they will remain. But everything has a context. A decade back, the percent might have been as high as 100% or 90% or 80%. But now it has come down to 25% or 20%. Going over the next 10 years, you never know. It might come down to 5%. But something something will remain. But again, as I keep on saying, this context is always very important. 
in in spite of biases and all those obstacles these women uh, founders have made it big through that and one that you write about is uh, uh, pallavi utagi of super bottoms which is an eco friendly reusable cloth diaper brand and you write that uh, it survived to near death experiences and not to mention some of you know vcs that she had to pitch to get the first round itself and there are a bunch of stories like these see one thing which is common among all these entrepreneurs is that they might be first time entrepreneurs but they are not fresh out of college they have had a good corporate stint minimum is 7 to 10 years and and again most of them were very clear from day one even if they have joined corporates that one fine day they will have to take that plunge so most of them have prepared themselves armed themselves with all the knowledge which is which ultimately helps you in getting a firm foothold in this founders world and this is what happened with pallavi utagi and all the other other guys in the package they worked at at big companies as well as a bunch of startups learned the tricks of the trade and then it helped them uh, when they started their own venture in the process you will encounter as i said stereotypes you will encounter prejudices so early back then and still it remains there are founders i am not painting all the all the vcs with the same brush in fact there are backers who don't want to fund husband wife couple venture for whatever reason they think uh, divorce rate is high or it might not work out what if founders or co-founders split all those kind of whatever reasons they have and then this this was one of the problem that uh, pallavi also faced but but again if you look at uh, okay th- th- there was a problem that she faced but ultimately she found takers they were guys who saw the merit of what she was building who saw how fundamental the story was which she was building how differentiated it was and then back the venture so for every guy who said no ultimately there are guys who will say yes and i think even the vcs that you spoke with uh, say uh, avnish bajaj who is a founder and managing partner at matrix he he talks about how they invest in founders for instance i think there was one uh, of melora shine uh, saroja yeramili who didn't have a single rupee of revenue who had worked with tanishk and then she wanted to have her own chain of jewelry which was differentiated from what was uh, uh, being sold without her venture making any money and then covid also coming in people not buying uh, clothes let alone jewelry she was successful because it was all about her experience from in that world and she knew the consumer and they're doing pretty well for themselves now yeah apart from experience one thing again uh, which is which is common is the determination to make the critics and naysayers eat their words for example take saroja and, and this gives her the kick the moment she has no the moment she has the word impossible she makes it a mission to prove that wrong so this is how visionary vision mission anger emotion all these words if you if you look at this is what defines all these new age founders nothing impossible for them true and some of these challenges may appear to be masked with gender but need not be for instance saroja yaramili she talks about how she was pitching to a gender which was not their not her customer i think a significant pe- amount of folks who are investors are men that's just the way it is if if your product is not meant for them it might just be a little more difficult for them to relate to yeah it's quite natural that if if your product has it's catering to a particular gender and if if that gender happens to be the the person who is backing who is who ultimately will back the venture then it can resonate it's quite natural so having you know the kind of passion that saroja had for jewelry it's only a woman 
by and large a woman who can understand that kind of passion and the love end of the day it's business it's venture but but for saroja more than business it was love so she was looking for somebody who can love who, who can come up with and understand the love of you know jewelry it's not only business it's not only total addressable market uh, ahana gautam is another name that uh, you've covered uh, the founder of open secret and how did she uh, start open secret and she talks about the importance of her mom in the whole venture in the founding of her company yeah gritty founder very gritty story coming from uh, bharatpur in rajasthan that's a place or that's a state with one of the lowest literacy rates right and, and then she makes it to iit uh, elder brother also made it to iit and and when she was preparing for engineering examination there was so much of taunt and pressure from other guys saying um, directed towards her mother what is the need of sending a girl or making her prepare for engineering when the dream of that iit has been made true by the son but thanks to her mom she acted as shield in uh, as long as she was alive wherever there were guys who questioned the daughter mom always uh, was there to take them on you you talked about her being gritty but i think it was hair raising when you you write about how her mom passed away not too long ago and she went back to work the day after as a tribute to her and this is that is something to talk about isn't it uh, how you are cut from a different cloth yeah absolutely that shows the character of the person imagine she could have easily paused for a while and then grieved the death of her mother which was quite natural for anybody to do but the very fact that the next day after her cremation and and she cremated she went back to uh, she had a funding meet uh, the next day and and she said in the interview there were two choices in front of her either to grieve or to or to pay tribute to your mother by going back to work and then think about all the workers who were banking big on not only this founder but also the future of the company and it was in the midst of the second raging wave of pandemic when it was so unpredictable the business could have shut down so even even one day of missing any important crucial meeting would have been fatal now her mom also had a great role to play in in getting the business of the ground in, including uh, the ideation you've written about it in the past as well and another thing among the founders that you write is that they they've mm-hmm. failed a few times and went on to get something that now has taken off minu margaret is another person that you write about with an illustrious past in corporate world where i think goldman sachs she had a, a stint there uh, phone pay among others started something around rent renting wardrobes for college students didn't work out another venture and now uh, she started bliss club what is that about so it's a women's d2c activewear brand again the learning that uh, she had during her earlier two stints although although both the stints were not that long the first one didn't last for or just lasted for a couple of months but the second one was close to 4 years so all the learnings and the shortcomings and what didn't go right in all those two stints helped her to come back strongly in the in the third one and the final one when we decided to make a list of all these 10 co-founders and ceos the idea was not to brand them as successful founders or founders or it was also not to say that the venture has succeeded or the venture has failed the very fact that all these women are living their dream dared to start something of their own is a success in itself right talking about them writing about them it's not about the venture whether it has succeeded or not it's still very early days for most of them but the very fact that they had this courage to take that plunge and their first step is is a big thing and that first step can be i mean some of the uh, stories you you mentioned stereotypes at the beginning are 
really cringeworthy if you were to you know read them in 2022 from vcs would that be correct like i i don't know how you would uh, slot uh, pallavi shrivastava's story where she founded procap if i'm pronouncing that right which provides a working capital to small businesses and she had a spouse as a co-founder which didn't go down too well with the vcs there was another vc uh, which uh, who told one founder that is your husband also going to get into the business because that would help once you you know start a family or they want to take a break etc so these are well one way of looking at it is it's pure business nothing personal because that's just the way it is people are investing money the other could be that hey you have to respect the founder to have thought it through when they pitch this because they are in it the world will be as ruthless as it is to uh, you know women or men uh, together so how would you put that and how did more importantly these women take it how did they deal with some of this no i would differ here abhi for example if you are starting a venture and if i am a vc would i ever ask you that whether your wife eventually would join a venture or not exactly not, right you would not yeah so why should anybody ask this stupid question to a woman that's number one and number two why should if i am not asking you that how are you taking care of the responsibilities at home how are you managing both why should i add this to a woman so biases are there some of them uh, people don't realize when they speak and some of them deliberate but but biases are there and they will always stay the, the this is what the beauty of all these founders are that in spite of biases earlier also they were there now also it is there going ahead also it would be there but in spite of that they have they are doing it and this is what all of them said that see beyond a point no point in complaining or talking about gender you you can either sulk by saying your gender has not led you achieve great heights or you can either focus on the larger objective fight all the odds and then make it big and this is what these guys are doing absolutely rajiv i think it's one looks at it as something very silly which is indeed the case in some of the questions because it it appeared that it is too uh dramatic to be true rajiv honestly because some of the questions that you have uh, gotten the founders to share with you that they were asked by the vcs are very juvenile it's sad to see that this is actually the state of affairs in those you know, rooms where ideas are pitched where some of these basic questions are asked but why do we consider it juvenile it, it's everywhere across every industry i would say just because people don't know what is happening in another segment doesn't mean it's it's happening only in the startup world in corporate in any any other profession would take it these things will are there will remain but the point is to question them to confront them to overcome them and to do so with some brilliant ideas one of them that i uh, uh, enjoyed uh, rajiv was reading about uh, anisha dosa aibara who started jiffy the idea is simple is that some 70% of india's uh, 450 million workforce they live on paycheck to paycheck so it allows people to withdraw money based on the number of days worked so you can you need not wait for end of the month for the salary uh, but you can start withdrawing money in whatever installments based on the number of days that you have clocked in the in the in the month yeah excellent idea absolutely especially given the context of uh, you know it is it has been done in india in europe and america it's already a big thing in india there are not many players who tried taking a stab at this problem look at the opportunity that if done successfully how massive the opportunity can be everybody see short term debt is something which actually ends up killing killing you the rate of interest is so high and if something like this can be successfully executed then uh, it's sorted it's, it's a recurring business stickiness is there because you need the need for short term capital is is a regular thing 
it's not it will arise in one month and then disappear the next month it will remain yes and uh, uh, it will uh, only get bigger over time because number of uh, people moving from the informal to formal economy is growing significantly after all the bits of digitization that has come in post covid and uh, where money gets transferred via these upi apps into people's bank accounts instead of having uh, to pay in cash so all that uh, uh, infrastructure around it also works and i think it's already quite a few corporates have signed up for this service in india haven't they yeah, ab- ab- absolutely absolutely the transition is happening and happening at a very fast pace and the last couple of them uh, uh, you've written about somya mittal fitbud who worked in oil and gas which is a male dominated sector before doing what she did so what what is fitbud and what's her claim to fame so it's a platform for your personal uh, fitness coach you can get if your coach from anywhere across the across the world uh, from that platform and and, and somia doesn't happen to be the only founder who has had a stint in oil and gas there is another one if i remember correctly uh, she start nat habit the founder of nat habit swagatika she also has a good stint in oil and gas and see this is what i have been talking that all these women just because they have they were the first ones in many areas in many occupations they were the only women perhaps to do this how many women do you find in this hardcore rigs and oil and gas thing not many so they have had a fair bit of stint and and they have already battled a fair bit of stereotypes and biases so when after having that kind of uh, background they come to the venture world it's no longer a shock for them yes and i think that there might be a day when uh... the number of uh, women representatives on the other side in the vc world might be reasonably big enough for some of these questions perhaps to uh, you know go away i will tell i will tell you one interesting interesting thing that one of the founders told me on on anonymity first thing was uh, you know it's it's about vc women vc you know the perception a very interesting insight she said that women vcs themselves are struggling to make a mark for themselves it's like expecting too much from them that's number 1 number 2 is uh, if you if you happen to get funded from any women vc led fund the outside perception or the other guy start looking as as a quota candidate somebody who got funded just because she happened to be a woman and that too from a women led fund which as as the venture grows and you need capital in the growth stage not many would like to take or to come to them this is another challenge that one of the founders pointed out about taking fund from you know all these women led vc funds which are which are definitely they are a big help but only at the early stage not at the mid stage or growth stage so we still have a long way to go then absolutely your dilemma is there thank you rajiv for uh, doing getting that story out for doing uh, all these essays and profiles of uh, various founders and ceos who are running their own show thanks a lot for joining on this podcast as well thanks avi great talking to you Thank you likewise Rajiv as always and all you listeners you can get this podcast on forbesindia.com on Spotify Stitcher Apple Google Podcasts or any other app that you use to download such content and to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription message forbes to 51818